0: Welcome to the DAO Factor. I'm your host, Lisa Yu. I'm a tech investor, entrepreneur, and speaker that got into crypto in 2017. This podcast will cover crypto, DAOs, Web3 communities, and the key leaders behind them. For those who are new to DAOs, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization that's taking the world by storm. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to you our guest, Steve Spilsky, founder of StayDAO, the first DAO created to help unhoused and underhoused people. StayDAO's mission is to work with existing organizations that address housing issues with the goal of evolving into a Web3 nonprofit. Steve, what are you most passionate about and what motivates you to wake up every day?
1: Wow, Um, great, great question, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Couple of things that, that really motivate me. I, I think that the the real estate world needs to, to change. And it's and it's obviously a model that has helped people, but helped a select few and has caused problems for, for more and more people. So as time has gone on, a select few people have accumulated wonderful generational wealth related to real estate, while the masses have been the ones suffering in terms of affordability and accessibility to housing and accommodations. What I'm very excited about is breaking that mold, changing that um, anywhere from a, a founder from an underrepresented community that wants to be in an area around other investors and creators that doesn't have affordable access to just Staying at, at a conference at NFT NYC for the week because it's expensive, um, all the way to really helping the use cases of people that are really, really either underhoused, sleeping in their cars um, and are in and out of places, all the way to people that, that really have, that, that are completely unhoused, that, that have even greater issues. So I'm just very excited to, to have a, a company and starting Stayed Out that allows us to help a lot of people get a bed is really the way yeah. to, to, to describe it in a sustainable manner as well, which we'll, we'll touch as well.
0: Tell me more about the sustainability of your housing spaces.
1: It's so cool. Um, so we started with a company, Stay Open. I mean, that, that's where this all started, where we create pod hotels for digital nomads and travelers and repurposed buildings. And... It's great to have a company where we don't have to try to be sustainable. And as I was thinking about it, we're taking the old office and retail buildings and recycling them for a new use. They no longer have the use that they were intended for. They're sitting empty and now we're bringing new life to these buildings. And when I started to dive into this, I learned that 10% of our embodied carbon footprint every year comes from constructing new buildings. So tearing down old buildings, and building new ones. So it's a huge, huge number. The real estate industry actually accounts for 40% of the annual carbon footprint or the carbon emissions um, related to real estate. But building new real estate is 10%. So I said, if we can take a building that's already built, that is already accounted for, you, you know, it's embodied. So you can't, it's already a sunk cost I said, if I could take a building that's empty and convert it into a hotel or or a apartment, we're saving 10% right off the bat versus having to build a new bed. Um, So not only is it a lot more cost effective, it's a way to get new beds online in a way more sustainable manner. Um, So we're starting to, and then once we get into operations, we're, we're much more operationally efficient in our operating model than a typical hotel, which is and inefficient from an from a energy perspective. So we're really diving in and working with some ESG funds and, and some, some other people that can help us further quantify what is the net positive environmental impact that we have with our business model by you know, recycling real estate. I mean, that's really a concept that we're really familiar wow. with with other stuff. So that's another fun part about the business that we're really and and one of our core values as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Not only is it a business, but it also has impact.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: And how did you know this was going to work? Um, what gaps did you see in the housing market? And what are you doing to address homelessness?
1: Yeah. So so the first part of that the question, before COVID, you know, I started looking around and I said, um, building hotels takes forever and it's really expensive and always costs more money. And we, I, that's what I used to do. Um, and then I started to see empty buildings, and I started to see articles wow. saying that people don't have a place to stay, and it's like expensive. And I'm like, wait, empty space, and people need space. And then I asked myself, I've lived all over the world. I said, you know, why don't I don't like using this word? I'll use it to to describe it. But I said, why don't hostels exist in the U.S.? But they exist everywhere else. They're they're in Europe. Yeah, it's in so South popular America. in
0: Europe, and all and there's like no Asia. stigma. New South, New South America, right?
1: Yeah, so I said they exist everywhere, but I'm like, but they're kind of crappy, generally speaking, they're inconsistent. There's not like, there's no Marriott of hostels. Um, There's a couple of people coming up with really cool concepts now. And I said, what if we take the good aspects of that model, which is it's affordable, they're in good locations, there tends to be really good community. You always meet people, you go on adventures, it's very collaborative people help they cook with each other but then what if we, we we keep the positives but we make it really nice like our space in, in Venice Beach which Lisa you you've been to and it, yeah. like, don't make it feel cheap actually make it feel like kind of like a nice boutique hotel like the common areas and the co-working areas and then for the sleeping part is a, instead of sleeping and kind of crappy bunk beds like you do in a traditional hostel. Let's make like pods that actually give you privacy and give you your own light and your own ventilation and your own, um, Mm -hmm. charging capabilities. So while you may be sharing a room with someone, when your pod is closed, you you may not even know who else is in that room. So we said, let's, let's take the pain points and try to eliminate them. And then let's embellish on all the positives. So like, you know in a typical hostel it's like usually a small dingy lobby and there's like a lot of people crammed in but what if you made it more like a co-working facility meets a boutique hotel wide open people working collaborating so it feels it feels a lot more premium than than like what you're paying for and that's what our customers in Venice Beach tell us they're always like Steve I feel like I'm getting away with something I'm paying a (laughs) hundred dollars a night for a pod and I'm on the beach I have this awesome space like you yeah, literally have a view
0: of the beach from the living room cuz you know i posted an event there and all the attendees were like wow like what an incredible space and you location is key it seems like you've selected yeah. prime locations
1: and in a lot of empty office buildings they're in prime locations and they're sitting empty i mean it frustrates me there's um three buildings down from us in venice beach there's um a green building when there's a Starbucks in there, and there's a it's a building that's thirty thousand square feet. It's been empty for five years. Oh, it's yeah. like there's been a building that's empty for five years right on the water. You could literally throw mattresses on the floor and like put it on Craigslist, and people would rent them out.
0: Underutilization of space,
1: and that happens everywhere. And and real estate is so inefficient. That's what frustrates me. It's, okay. It takes so much money to build. It leaves such a negative impact on our environment. It takes so much time. Mm. Yeah. It's the most inefficient thing in our, like most space isn't utilized. You have people that are looking for space and you know, you you guys do some awesome events, like people looking for space and then the people that have space. And most of the time, the people that have space, it's like empty. You don't connect. Most of the time. So we want to at least like take some of this empty office space and the, the biggest need is a bed. That's how we know we didn't know 100% of Stay Open was going to work. That's why we opened up Venice Beach doing 10 pods, seeing how much people will pay, will they get along, testing out our tech, uh, incorporating Web3 aspects and, and product into our model. And now we're confident to, to open up 80 beds in Santa Monica on Third Street Promenade. And it's, that one's going to be 10,000 square feet and, and you know, seeing what we did in Venice Beach gave us the confidence we knew, but you know, in Venice Beach, we started at charging $50 a night. Now we're at close to $120 a night. And, you know, before people knew who we are, you know, people were, you know, we were half empty the first month or two. Now we're like 90% booked every month. The other part of your question was I grew up in LA, so I've seen like homelessness and and unhoused people in LA my mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately my entire life. And Always just ask, and and I have kids and it's really sad when like your your kids like 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 through the lens of of someone that's just very naive and they look out the window and they're like why why does that person not have a home? Right. It, and things about having children. They
0: ask, or, yeah on the street. Yeah.
1: It's like a very, very authentic question. And when it comes from like the purity of the eyes of a child, and we're so we, we become callous as adults, yeah. but then when you start hearing children ask, like the whys of the world, you are know, like, man, like we need to have a better answer to oh. that. And then when we moved into Venice Beach, it was like the middle of COVID. And for those people that are in LA that went to Venice, like, you know, in 2020, 2021, it was like, it was like Mad Max. It was bad. I mean, it was like a, like a different world along the boardwalk with encampments and people. And like, there's stuff that we saw that just like, that was just not, good, like buildings burning down, people getting hurt, substances. And, oh. and here we are figuring out a way to, to help to help people that need help to, to find a bed, like paying customers. But but we've always said from day one, if we're going to do this to help come up with affordable product for, for customers, um, we think our customers are also going to care about what's around them. So they're going to want to help help people that are that are worse off that are unhoused or underhoused. And it's something that we should do day one. And I I always thought that whatever we're doing to help repurpose spaces, our pod design, our layouts, the way we do our bathrooms, the way we operate, the tech that we're building, Mm. I always wanted to be able to sit down with cities and say, this is how we repurpose to stay open for commercial purposes. Surely you as a city, you may have buildings that May not be in a prime location on the beach and in, in Venice, but maybe you know you're two miles in and you have empty city-owned or county-owned properties that used to be offices, which now you don't need anymore either. What if we help? We'll, we'll sh- open book. We'll show. We've already paid the architects, the designers. We built out the tech and the. You pod. Have the staff. You let's have the work tech together.
0: Let's collaborate. Let's
1: show you. Let's show you how we can do this more efficiently. Um, so that was one thing, and then the other thing was we said just we should also just. And give back day one. So right away, even before we created the Dow, we said, um, we started our bed for bed program where we allocated a portion of all revenue to okay. give to um, a local nonprofit in Venice Beach. So we work with a group called the people concern. So we've mm-hmm. been giving them money every month and volunteering as staff to, to help the organization. And, um, I'll pause here, but then that kind of led us to, as we got into like the web three chapter of, of our business and started state pass NFT, our our membership program that allows people to accumulate tokens in the form of rewards Mm -hmm. um, that they could trade or use for stays or gift or sell. Um, We said that 20% of those NFT proceeds sales are going to go to basically seed fund the start of state out. Um, oh, nice. And that's how StayDAO is going to kind of get capitalized and get incorporated and get going and and potentially hire people to work at StayDAO. And as you pointed out, the mission of StayDAO is to to help unhoused and underhouse people utilizing Web three ethos, tools, technologies, know how to see if a group of interesting people could come up with true solutions in in the housing space for people that are unhoused or underhoused.
0: It really sounds like you're accelerating the ability and access to housing and, you know, through technology, through identifying underutilized spaces and partnering with the real estate groups and property managers and real estate developers. And you're like, hey, let's, let's collaborate and do this better. You know, how do we move the entire industry forward? Um, so I'm curious, you know, what is your background in real estate and hospitality?
1: Before starting Stay Open, I spent about 10 years financing and developing, we call them old boring hotels. I mean, they weren't that boring. Some <laughs> of them were pretty nice properties, but they're kind of your traditional Hyatts And a couple examples, uh, we didn't develop, but my company, my fund financed a large part of the Waldorf Astoria in Beverly Hills. So oh, wow. the complete other end of the spectrum, it's, it's for those again in, in LA, it's beautiful, amazing rooftop, a wonderful ownership group. Very expensive to build hotels like that. Very, from a management perspective, a lot of moving pieces, but a beautiful property. Um, but very intimately involved with seeing that that project being built, understanding the the economics of that project. The we my my company developed, and this was actually kind of what planted the seed for Stay Open. Myself and a group of individuals. Bought an old office building by LAX. It was a 250,000 square foot office building built wow. in the 1960s. And we converted it into a 400 room Hyatt hotel. Wow. And that conversion process um, was, was a lot of learning points. It, it took longer than expected, it mm-hmm. cost more money than expected. And mm-hmm. as we were doing it, as we were like turning in a big building into a hotel, I'm thinking to myself, you're going to have these hotel rooms and there's going to be some people that are going to sleep here for like six to eight hours. And I'm like, I wonder if a lot of these people may not want the whole room, but they just probably want a bed like to be yeah. able to like come in. Like, do they want to pay $200? What if, what if I had a $60 bed and like the bed and then just like the common areas that they could do what they want to do, but like, do they really want to pay? So I'm like, okay. Right, one person to-
0: crashing for one night, do they really need the entire hotel room?
1: Yeah. And then like operationally, like the second someone walks into a hotel room, your cleaning crew, they've got to clean everything, especially now, like you never know what, like, but you've got to turn the sheets, not, not great for, you've got to like wipe everything down. You've got to, you know, the person may never even shower you've got to wash the shower, like all these things, like it adds up in terms of just um, operational inefficiencies Versus like the model that we have with like nice high-end shared bathrooms like in equinox that are easier to clean because you clean those throughout the day, but you're still still easier than like turning a room. That helped me, and like i am not sure if I mentioned here my other call, like I, I, I'm a former forensic account and a CPA. So I've always loved like the language of of numbers and 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 understanding like chain of custody of of finance, which is kind of what what's opened up my passion to blockchain because oh. blockchain is just a way more efficient ledger system, like, like, oh, like old school, like it would journal entries. Like that's how we would track money in and out or, or, or like the financial condition. And then when I started to really dive into blockchain and the underlying technology, I'm like, wow, this is a really just an evolution of, you know, the language of finance and accounting, which has been around for, for thousands of years. Now we're actually utilizing a wonderful form of technology to actually in any more, uh, you you know, just a a better way to track custody. And hopefully we're getting, so it's more environmentally efficient as well. Like we'll obviously get there real estate wise, just um, very intimately involved, working with brands, hotel management companies, seeing like how it's still like, like most businesses, like, I don't know if most people know this, but like when you go stay like at a Marriott hotel, Marriott doesn't own that hotel that hotel is usually owned by a large, uh, institutional company, a fund, a high net worth individual that owns the real right. estate. And then they hire Marriott as the brand, like the franchise, kind of like, like McDonald's, like they hire Marriott to kind of do the brand standards to market it. That's the Marriott gives you the, their reservation system. And a lot of times even Marriott doesn't manage the property. There's another company mm-hmm. that the owner hires, like, like a property manager. So the owner is usually paying Marriott a fee to franchise the, the, to call it a Marriott. And then the owner has to reinvest in the property based on what Marriott tells them. And then they're hiring a management company to run the thing. And then the owner is just kind of collecting after paying the fees, but like the way that the fee structure set up, it's pretty complex. So we really wanted to simplify that as well. Like we wanted to make it way easier for like the owner of an office building to just hire us and pay us our one all-in-one brand franchise management fee. Mm -hmm. And we do our thing and we turn their property into a stay open at a reasonable conversion cost and show them that we're going to make them a lot more money than they would have ever made if they tried to lease it out to like your traditional law firm tenant who, by the way, no longer exists because they're not leasing (laughs) spaces at the same rate anymore. So
0: Exactly. What if housing was decentralized? What if the real estate was co-owned by the people living in the spaces. You know, you mentioned as a CPA accountant, how efficient the blockchain is by able to track data and information and numbers on a ledger. And, you know, when there's that full transparency that's immutable and unchangeable, it just makes it easy for everyone in the chain to, to see what's going on. You know, the ownership structure can be shared um, I'm curious. What are some of the values and core tenets of StayOut, and do you see yourself evolving into that model of decentralized ownership?
1: I believe so. One of our core values of, of Stay Open, the, the overall brand is is being open. Obviously, it's in the name. Yeah. So, being open means being open to new ideas, being open to change, being open to shaking up the status quo. And our 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 roadmap definitely includes a concept of, can we have individuals share a piece in the ownership of the underlying real estate? And the, the first step is just getting people on chain with the reward system and used to using tokens and, and showing people what our economics are being transparent about how these properties function. At the end of the day, you have to make sure that, that, that they, they're, they make money at least enough to cover the expenses. I definitely see that that happening. We we work with a couple other DAOs that are in the the kind of more property ownership space that are already coming up with platforms that are set up day one to basically be crowd funded but on-chain property ownership. Mm-hmm. And it's these are quasi DAOs because the, you know, it's more like people are limited partners in in a partnership where where the owners don't don't um and I'm happy to talk about this, they, they may not have a lot of governance rights on the actual property, but there's a lot of transparency because a lot of the financial data and operational data of the property are kept on chain. So there's so there's some really cool DAOs. I think Balcony DAO is one that we've had a few really cool Twitter spaces with, and they're doing yeah. some great things on property ownership. Um, they're probably from, from, I'm sure there's many others, but they're the ones from, from what I've seen that are really pushing the envelope in a good way, you know, we'll see with us and stay, stay open. You know, there, there is a roadmap where people may in the form of DAOs, not not necessarily stay DAO, but other, other real estate DAOs that are specifically set up to buy, you know, to buy a building that's yeah. empty and turn it in and then hire stay open to manage it. Because I think even wow. though there's a form of decentralization at the end of the day, and we've learned this because we've started to test this out. People still want to, you know, no one wants to like decide on like when to buy toilet paper or how often (laughs) something needs to be cleaned or like deal with like.
0: Some like central operational pieces that. Yeah. Contract right person
1: own and manage. Exactly. So like, I think with, you know, real estate, there's a lot of moving pieces. Like, so it's, uh, so I think like having, like a management company that, that is hired by a group of owners, which is really not that different than how things work right now. It's just that ownership, that management company needs to be trusted. It needs to embrace Web3 ethos. Um, yeah. So I think like that's part of our evolution is we will have um, decentralized ownership of like, why wouldn't, and we want to embrace these digital nomads. We actually want people to come to us and say, there's this awesome building in Denver And I know that there's a hundred people that would love to have a hundred pods in Denver and we want to buy it. You know, we're not going to run it. We don't know like how to get the pods, the tech, like all this stuff, but like the buildings there, we think we've got the community. We'll stay open, manage this for us. And and we will work with and coordinate with them how to do that. And then again, being Web3 forward you know, we're we're about to roll out our, you know, just this simple stuff, the ability to, to, to use various forms of cryptocurrency to pay for your booking. I mean, hotels don't have that yet. And we're going to have that in a few weeks. Oh. I mean, just that simple stuff like that, where, you know, people can, again, start testing, paying with crypto in a more in a way that people are just more familiar with, where it's as easy as paying with your yeah. credit card. And then when we roll out our NFT, you could, as you accumulate your rewards points, you can pay with your state tokens, it'll just make it really easy. So it's like a very cool, seamless interface, but it's, it's a fun thing. And then there there's securities rules to to obviously be, be cognizant of like, you can't just sell um, ownership interests to to people in in the climate that we're in under the current regulations. So either those regulations need to change, which they may, because some of that stuff isn't fair and, and actually creates an exclusionary system versus an open system. But I think people have to be careful, like dealing with securities laws and like, you know, no one wants to get in trouble. We want to push the envelope, but we also want to be careful to not violate securities laws, which could get expensive and a lot of liability to people.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're still in the very early stages with the rise of DAOs. There are now about 5,000 DAOs and over a million DAO members and governance token holders. That's actually not that many. And we're still just scratching the surface and seeing kind of where where the market will take, you know, crypto and DAOs and NFTs, you know, as as a DAO or an organization, you know, forming a DAO, how are you looking to become one of the top DAO leaders in the world?
1: Yeah, well, I think what we 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 picked a very specific focus. So I think having. Our, our first DAO to just be a nonprofit to help under and housed under and unhoused people, um, I think is important. A lot of DAOs um, may not have that focus. It's a little mm-hmm. more like they're kind of um, there's the a right. lot of DAOs, which, yeah, there's a lot of DAOs that, that um have DAO in the name. And I think what a DAO is, is to be determined what it really means. Like we're kind of still in this like ambiguous phase, but a lot of, DAOs are really DAOs for marketing purposes versus versus like, you know, you ask most people like well, what they think a DAO is like this decentralized autonomous organization. There's a lot of awesome businesses, but they're not really DAOs. They're just like clubs with like the members that have limited rights to like give suggestions really, not even a vote, not even govern, but like suggest yeah. things, which is fine. I think as long as things are transparent and people know what they're getting into. I mean. Sure. whatever like there's a lot of cool as long as there's more adoption because i think we're still as like you said lisa we're still so early like we're still yeah. like these french people like we're around each other so much so it may feel normal but like you step out of like like the the la's and brooklyn's and 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 miami's of the world and it's like what are you guys doing Like, <laughs> what yeah. is this
0: very so, early think, adoption days right now yeah yeah
1: so having that core focus, I think I'm really curious to test this pure altruistic component because then we get to be very pure. There's no profit motivation. There's no ego. There's no, what am I gonna get out of it? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's see who we can help. And let's see if we can utilize Web3 tools and governance and ethos to help people. Yes. A guy that I met, he's like, there's, there's an unhoused person, she's a DJ. And she lives on the streets, but she DJs and he's, and he came to me he's like, can, can we like get her gigs? I'm like, dude, like that's the type of stuff that should be on state out. Like that should be on state yes. out. Like it's someone that's living on the streets, but just trying to hustle, doing their thing. Like they can DJ, like, I'm sure like we know a lot of people that could always use a DJ for some parties and yeah. what a great story. Like who wouldn't want to like embrace people like that to allow them like to have a little more economic freedom and create these ecosystems utilizing web three and like, you know, someone like having discussions on discord about that. And that's the type of stuff that I think could be really exciting. Our theme for the week at, at stay open was, was do good, feel good. Actually like this week it was that's like everything. our Twitter spaces yeah. Yeah. Like everything, like all our internal discussions were like, what yes. can we do to give back? Like, how can we help? I've always said like the, the problem of unhoused and underhoused people is so big that on one, yeah, like on, in one regard, it's, it's. I mean, it's terrible that it's that that big. And, but it's also hard. Like you can't say, I'm just going to solve the problem because like there's 50 versions of the problem. So yeah. to me, it's like, let's take like, Let's pick the ones that are important to us, and we could actually make an hmm. impact. Because there's so many, so much. So how like, can you make a, a lot specifically? Of, yeah, and then like utilizing like our DAO, hopefully like there's, and then you multiply that by a hundred, by a thousand, by ten thousand. Then everyone's got their, Who are they specifically helping? Whether it's organizations or one-on-one, hmm. like that's how I think we can really get this this change going and actually. Have things happen as opposed to just talking about them. Um, mm-hmm. And then utilizing um, DAO governance where people have a voice of like who to help. Again, no egos, um, people just wanting to purely help, whether they're giving housing to people, giving giving money, giving people gigs, giving. I've uh, even thought State App can help, again, founders from underserved communities that need housing for a weekend like Venice, but they can't pay for it. But they need to come in because they're pitching VCs or they maybe they have no VCs, but they want to go to some of our events because mm-hmm. that's how they're going to meet potential investors. But they can't even like stay in a place because it's just you can't afford it. They're bootstrapping right? their like, business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Bring just them. give people a chance to get in that room, right? Like how do we give wow. people a chance to be in in the room right. and and. The digital room is awesome and cool, but nothing beats like being in the real room. Like that's like the bridge, but like at You're the end of the day, like, access to a yeah, community yeah. and to a
0: network that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. Exactly. Well, tell us more about you know how Stageau is structured and the governance and how that all works.
1: We 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 played around with a couple different ways of how to structure Out and. um, our NFT and we ended up separating them. So what we ended up doing is we created stay pass NFT, which is a membership rewards program on chain. So mm-hmm. anyone could go on, we're going to go, our allow list is about to open up next month and we're going to have a mint in September. And basically it's a way for a nominal fee to, to purchase a membership that unlocks the ability for, for you as a frequent guest of stay open to accumulate reward tokens that um, you can trade in for stays. So for every 10 paid stays, you get a free stay basically is, is kind of one of the main rewards. So, but what you can do with those stay tokens, we actually want people, you can gift them to someone else. You can sell them, you can give them to your co-founder, you can donate them to stay out right? That could then, someone could use to to kind of stay down and then decide which other people that should get those Tokens that they could redeem for stays, so that's kind of the the, the stay pass NFT model. And and as we grow, um, there's going to be a lot more utility to it. Um, obviously, the events um, you get a discount off of when you pay for bookings. You get a discount for for traditional booking, um, and it's all going to be integrated with with our DAP and wallets. So really easy. Just connect your wallet when you log in, or it will automatically be connected. And when you go to check out, it'll ask if you want to. Pay with with your credit card, pay with cryptocurrency, or it'll say, oh, you've got enough uh, stay tokens to redeem a free stay and people could just select it, make it really easy. But then what we said was 20% of all the proceeds from our NFT sales are going to go to state stay because we cool. wanted it to be impactful. We wanted it, there to be enough money to actually formally incorporate as a nonprofit DAO, which we're researching and working with legal counsel how to like appropriately set that up. And again, to me, like they really made sense of like the concept of a DAO and a nonprofit, like like that seemed to like make sense to set that up and work through how to set that structure up. Mm-hmm. So it's 20% of those proceeds are going there. And then there's going to be an amount of money in the Treasury to start, you know, allow the community to vote. So just through your snapshot people Voting as a, NF, a state pass NFT member, you will get a governance token in state out. So you will be able to participate in the governance of, and we hope that anyone who is a state pass member cares. Like they don't really have to do anything else. They've already donated, right? So it's like the money part we've, we've automatically said 20% of what you're paying is going to state out. So we hope that enough people are going to care to actually go into discord go into our communities and actually say you know what hey i found this awesome person on the beach who's a dj and i want to stay down should hire them or someone Let, let's get yeah. them gigs or or you i want to up the chain exactly or i i know this great nonprofit, and i think if we need to give them five thousand dollars because they're going to open up x y and z or they're going to help these three people or what what i think what i think will ideally happen is initially we're going to I think State out is going to work with existing organizations that are doing really good work um, in the local communities of where stay open properties are or, or where the members are mm-hmm. and what I envision is eventually stayed out um, raises its own money from other sources from other means like any nonprofit but utilizing the web 3 community yeah right to, to to bring in money and I think that to me is really exciting to kind of utilize web three for charitable efforts, which people have done, but, but putting it down specifically to address unhoused and underhoused people, which I don't know if people have specifically done. I'm I'm sure people are starting, but Mm -hmm. it just seems so natural. It's what we were doing with our bed for bed program, what we're doing in web three, what we're doing in housing, that this should just be a very important core value and humanitarianism is one of our core values. So this falls Mm -hmm. right in line with like doing good, feeling good, give back. And we know we, like, we've had people that have, you could read it on some of our reviews. Like there's people that have said, like, I love what you're doing. And like, when I saw you, you give back to uh, unhoused people. It's like, oh, I was sold. Like I booked right away. It's you want to make it day, easy for being people
0: Being a stay is not just a bed. It comes with, well, that bed for bed mission. And it's, it's beyond just real estate.
1: Correct. It's all, it just, because i was saying it's like you know some some companies like have to figure out a way to find like where their altruism is or how do they give back what their sustainability element is like i just say for us it's just sometimes super easy because like we didn't even have to overthink it it's just naturally such it's such a natural fit for us like the sustainability component the giving back component it's like i don't have to it's like we're not force it it's just so natural and that's again going back to like this shift in real estate like again real estate is so important to our lives obviously it's important in our built environment it's important to sustain sustainability it's you need a roof over your head it's like it's like one of the basic needs we need shelter we need food we need community right Are like probably the three most basic needs and that's what stay open and stay down does shelter right? Like, yeah. you know, the food part where we, you know, that that's sometimes us, sometimes someone else, but then the community part, cause it's not just the bed. It's also who else is there. And we've the had so many just
0: in your environment. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause just because something is affordable, it should not feel or be cheap. And yeah. I, again, that's the word that I don't use. Like we like whenever people are like, Oh, this is like a cheap place to stay. I'm like, no, no, no. Because that's like yeah. not we don't. We don't want people thinking that even if it's affordable, it's it's exactly. not cheap. Just because something's affordable does not mean it's cheap. Um, the cheap has a different meaning to us, right? right. And we don't want On that. Like, yeah. Exactly. So and you can say, um, "I'm
0: getting so much value from my space, right. not it's cheap."
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. No, it's really fun building a company, and we've got a great team. And um, the Santa Monica location is really exciting because because we get to do what we're doing in Venice beach, wow. uh, you know, almost 10 times bigger. Yeah. It'll be, Love it'll it. be r- really fun. And, um, and the city of Santa Monica is super cooperative. They passed an ordinance allowing people to change offices to hotels and apartments okay, very then. easily. Like, so that's a cool thing. And we're seeing progressive cities like saying, wait a second, like we need to help people do this. Like we don't want to get in the way. We need to help people. Yeah. We're seeing some good change happen and and it's, it's a good, exciting time.
0: That's amazing. Well, you talked about community and I think clearly you're building a community here. You're also, you know, giving back to the local community that you're in. What do you think is the heart of building community and kind of what are some of the sentiments and challenges that your members have faced with housing? I kind of want to hear how the community have come together and also how do you plan to, um, yeah, continue to grow that?
1: So a, a couple ways, I think the right combination of, of, of utilizing like digital tools, like engagement there, but you need people coming together in real life like, we've all been at concerts, right? Like we're like, we're, we're like in a small venue listening to music. Like, oh my God, this is like the best band, the best DJ, best performance ever. And it's like that energy of the people. And it's like, oh. and then you like, you listen to the same song later. You're like, I don't know. That's like not that good of a song, but like, the the collective energy of that community like there's energy that we have as people that that Mm -hmm. when we're around each other is very different than when we're just communicating like
0: energetic exchange in real life
1: yeah so i think like to build true community it's and this is where like us in the web 3 space like this is the evolution how do you take these awesome like we're kind of you know like web 3 did evolve like a little bit out of like people were forced to build community during COVID. Like, so they got really hyper, like online community building and then like would come together at different times. But I think what COVID taught us is like nothing replaces the real thing. Like not like, like everyone's obviously out at conferences and events and like there's stuff going on that we're, we're going to be at later today and people love the real life. So to build real community, you have to have these real life touch points, having true mission and purpose. So, so like, and and it could be a couple different things because some people love like being just completely altruistic. Some people like, you know, they, they need to make sure they're taking care of themselves as well. It's okay to be a little selfish because we, we've got to, we as humans need to be taken care of so we can take care of others because if, mm-hmm. if we're not in a good space mentally, financially, emotionally, like how are we going to help others? So it's like, it's okay that like we as entrepreneurs and founders and, and working in cool things like need to make sure that we're taken care of. One, one of those ways cover, is a bad yeah yeah because then that's how we're gonna help others. Like it, I, again, it's human nature. When people are in good places, it's so much easier to help because like you don't have to worry about like your day to day struggles mm-hmm. or whatever. So when you're around a strong community that could help you take care of yourself, I think that that helps that helps as well. And you know for us, we're doing a lot of engagement, a lot of listening. So we had we had some people um, that were experts in in the homelessness space today on a on a Twitter and, and we did most of the listening. There's an individual that used to be homeless and then got off the streets and bought a house. And, and we're just listening, like what the story was, uh, like, like, what do I going to have on to the
0: edge me? of our seats?
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like li- l- a lot of listening from a community perspective, hearing what people want, what, what, what their pain points are something we can't solve everything. So I think also being honest, like, you know, there's, you know, there's certain, like, you can't stay in dentist for $25 a night. Like, it just will never work. So some things like having transparent conversation, like we're not going to help every single under house person either. Like that's not, we're not, problem is not going to go away, but so being honest and transparent. And and I think all those things collectively help form community, having a safe space to to be open um, is really important. And it's important to do it in real life. Cause I think like behind the veil of certain platforms, it's a lot easier to say, do things, but then, at the end, like the lowest, like we still are people that need each other. And especially there's more digital you now. People like aren't working in offices as much. So, like, we're, But we yearn connection with people. So, you know, when we are going to places and traveling and staying in places, like we, we yearn it even more. Like where can you pop in? Where like, you know, there's going to be, you know, 80 other. Um, they don't even have to be like minded. They don't have to think like you. They just all have to be open. They may think completely differently. Right. But yeah. as long as they're open-minded, open minded, right, like you may learn something. We've had that happen. We've had people that are like complete Web3 noobs stay at our property. And we've had people like, we had a night where uh, there was an engineer from OpenSea stay with us and he minted five NFTs with us because he's like, I didn't even know you guys had like an NFT membership platform. This is awesome. I'm a digital nomad. Like, I'm obviously, yeah. like, man, what you're doing is awesome. And then like later that night, he's sitting in the in the room behind me around like eight other people explaining like what web three is to like German tourists (laughs) and like people and like
0: converting people in the living room.
1: (laughs) Like one by one, right? Like kind of and I think that's really because people have asked us, like, oh, you should just be an NFT only hotel. And and I'm like, no, I actually want to go the other way. I want it like we're gonna have that component, but I want more people in this world, not less people you're
0: going to be inclusive and create a bridge between web two and web three
1: correct yeah um it was kind of a long way but all that i think is important like it's an important thread in in building community and and not to exclude anyone um from the community like actually be as inclusive as possible
0: i love that how do you plan to empower the next generation especially with increase of rental rates housing and inflation i'm curious like Have you been seeing um, like sentiments and feedback from people? I I think I've definitely seen many stories of people complaining about rental rates um, Mm -hmm. across major cities, but across the board, just all across the U.S.
1: Yeah, well, I I think about. Yeah, our staff has issues like, you know, that's it's hard to find people that just graduated from college and are looking for places to, to live right now and it's hard and it's expensive. Um, I think about, I have a teenage son. I think about like the world that he's going to grow up in and move to and, and kind of evolve into. And I want to make sure that he's not just stuck in his phone and in virtual communities. And, you know, he, he, you know that there's a generation of people that want to be around people which which fortunately they all still do which is awesome i think like it's it's always a concern like are we going to raise like whatever the next generation are they just going to be stuck in their devices phones and screens 24 7 like the Mm. metaverse is awesome but again human interaction like you cannot replace that like like we need it like that stuff is good to to be the bridge so i think it, it opens up but i think there needs to be smarter solutions with housing and accommodations but that that aren't cheap so people don't feel like they're forced like in fact we want people to feel like like this is a better solution a lot of times than yeah. than like mm-hmm. so like if you can get people to to like emotionally buy into a brand and a concept like that and then make making sure it's affordable I think that that's where people are really going to be like, yeah, why wouldn't I be a stay open member for one or two or three years as I'm a digital nomad or as I'm trying to figure out where I want to live, or maybe I don't want to live anywhere for like three years until I have to, I just want to bounce around from place to place. And I just need to make sure that there's an affordable, flexible, socially engaging place to stay. And there's going to be some really cool open people. And no matter where I go, I know there's going to be like, again, open people, like I'm going to meet interesting people doing cool things. Everyone has a dream and other people, I want to be around other dreamers. That's a big concept is like opening the world to your dreams. And what we want to do is build spaces that people could come and dream and dream with others and like give them the opportunity, not just to dream, but potentially to start realizing those dreams based on the places and the people that they're around.
0: Yes. I feel like our culture is definitely shifting from like isolation to people wanting to live in community. They want to live in a village or amongst people. And that really is the heart of Web3, that collective consciousness, decentralized ownership and value creation where everyone has a vote, everyone has a voice. We can build together, we can dream together. Um, And I feel like definitely stayed Out embodies that ethos. For sure. And that's why
1: it was like, while well, we're like started as a real life company. It was so easy to start when when we dove into like the ethos of Web3. It was so natural for, for us to see like, wait a second, we're like the mirror real life version of what Web3 communities are building. So we need to be the real life answer to a lot of. Like, you know, again, Web3 communities, like, what is our community? Okay, we've got a great online community, but where do we get together? How do we stay? Like, where do we stay? What do we do? Like, what does that really mean? We all like, we all like talking about things of what we like to talk about, but then like we need to come together and actually be around each other. <laughs> like so Definitely. But, and that's stay open. We want that to be whether you're, you need a place to work. Obviously the bed is a big part because everyone needs a bed in the places where there's other people that are open-minded. So
0: it sounds really fun. Well, I'm curious, you know, what were some of your favorite spaces growing up and what has stayed out, say open doing now to create a better living
1: environment? My favorite space is growing up. Yeah. You know, I, like I, I come from a family of like immigrants. So I, I, I grew up in apartments my whole life. So I grew up kind of in a more communal setting um, yeah. My parents were came from a communist culture.
0: Which culture? Like
1: a communist like from a communist culture. So like there was a lot of, you know, only as like a an adult, you know, did I live in an actual like house on my own. But like I've always loved cities. Like I think I've always like loved just just cities and how they function and um they've they fascinated me. So I like I like that extreme of of spaces now more so like I'm trying to find more kind of places out there like connecting with nature um, which is also challenging because like when you go to some of these awesome places they're not accessible to a lot of people either so every like mountain resort town most people can't find a place to stay like you go to Jackson Hole or to Tahoe or to Mammoth or like you name it Aspen like that's like normal people can't like how do you go to a place like that Yeah, right travel
0: alone is hard to get to and then the housing prices and the housing
1: high. yeah so there's there's some cool concepts popping up in in terms of just like uh, accommodations and in, in in spaces like that and we're looking at you know converting or building some spaces and in, in these types of resort towns for travelers and, and for workforce housing as well because the other problem in these areas is like where do the people that like work in the service sector live because they're priced out of everything that's so right so like so we've looked at ways of, again, like how can we use our business model being efficient with real estate and space into helping workforce housing for that like restaurant bartender or that school teacher that, you know, yeah. needs to, you know, and doesn't want to drive an hour into like town from outside of Jackson Hole where there's right. a lot of traffic. Oh, and so they'll do and they a buyer. better
0: job if they can have a bed and rest and show yeah. up, and be close to work. Like it all makes logical sense.
1: Yeah, and you really see it in people like in the in like these communities. Like there's some animosity towards tourists because tourists are generally well off and they could, you know, price isn't an issue for them. And you have like this like weird energy of like people are like, Great, I drove an hour away, it's expensive. Like I have like a ton of roommates, and like here's these people here enjoying their time and like I need that. that's great. That's like helping keep us employed, but it's also you know my quality of life sucks because i have to drive from very far away so it's created this weird energy in these resort towns and like there's like locals versus tourists and it's like that shouldn't be that like why does it have to be that that way yeah it's like the
0: locals like that's their community that's their home so how do we serve people that's living in the actual communities
1: yeah where both Um,
0: parties can live harmoniously right
1: exactly but like that environment's not exactly a space but like being in like nature in that environment as humans is also, I mean, I love being by the beach, being in the mountains, I think like being in the desert. Like I think those environments and the space is built in those environments. Again, it, it does come down to these weird energies. like, like the, like the vibe you get at the beach or when you're in the mountains or when you're in the desert, like we all go to those places and it's just, it's, it's real. Like it really, yeah. I can't put my finger on it, but it's real. So we, I think the more people that could experience that, the better like people should mm-hmm. experience those feelings of being in these different locations in our world and, and do it with other people
0: and do it in community exactly what are the long-term goals of stay down and how can people join how can they follow you
1: so too we, we want stay open to, to be the largest stay network open. Of, you want stay open yeah. to
0: stay open forever
1: <laughs> yeah and we want to be everywhere i mean we really want it to be where no matter what city you land in wherever you go it's like as easy to book a stay open as it is to get like an uber like you don't even have to think about like is there going to be a pod to so you land in in miami or brooklyn or or, or, or austin it's like oh yeah. okay like there's always because we have a lot of inventory it's like okay well, is there something close to me so that's the goal is to create this really big network where Wow. you just know what you're going to get you don't have to worry about like oh is this hotel or this airbnb good is like where are the people yeah. going to be like you to read
0: through you all know, the all the reviews and research it's like one thing like consistency know. and reliability
1: i know what i'm going to get it's affordable it's flexible it's consistent like i know what i'm going to get so that's like and then the more people we have on that in that the more locations the more people we have the more mm-hmm. good we can do and the more Money we could we could allocate towards our bed for bed and and stay out initiatives. So hopefully by by growing stay open, we can continue to grow stay out because we'll start putting in our bed for bed program, which is going to a third party nonprofit right now. When mm-hmm. stay dow is open, we'll we'll move portions of our of our bed for bed program to consistently go into stay out, so there'll always be a source mm-hmm. of some money coming into state out. And again, we hope state out takes a life of its own, like a true DAO should where like the community comes together and they, they yeah. raise money, they bring in other donors, they bring in other corporates oh, that wow. want to help they bring in and then state out can, can almost become completely independent of stay yeah. open. Like we're just like the the Kickstarter for the, for the, for the Dow that's specifically focused for unhoused people, but it could take a life of its, of its own. We just want to steer it and keep it, keep the guardrails on that It's helping unhoused and underhoused people. That's the mission. Like, as long as you're within that framework, like to me, I'll be happy to see it evolve into anything and um, hopefully it could evolve into something pretty, pretty substantial to start making change in in people's lives and our built environments.
0: Yes. I love that. Well, what's your advice to people who are just getting into web three, you know, deciding if they should start or join a down.
1: First of all, talking to a lot of people and then having an understanding of like what a what a DAO is and what does it mean to them because I think like the definition like people understand what the words mean but they don't understand like what like the combination, like what the sum of the parts means yes. because like I said like the there's de- a lot de- of people.
0: autonomous and organization it's all three together it's a sum yeah. the, the the sum is greater than the individual parts
1: yeah so I think like it's important to say like what do you, do you want to be in a, you know, there's for-profit companies that are DAOs and do you want to like, is this like, do you want to like work in a DAO and like be provide services or kind of be an employee within the DAO? Do you, you know, do you just have altruistic ambitions and you want a DAO that just does something good? That's more like what we're doing. Do you want to invest? Do you want to own? Do you want to try to use a DAO as kind of like an ownership structure, which is some of these like real estate platforms that are popping up. And I think like kind of, understand because it still comes down to like the similar things before there were DAOs. Like the the questions are kind of still the same. Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to, do you want to work at a nonprofit? Do you want to work in a startup? Do you want to work you know, do you want to, what industry do you want to be? And I think like ask yourself, like, what you're going to, what do you want to do as an individual? What are your interests? What are your passions? And then start seeing like, okay, what are the DAOs, the DAO organizations that are doing things in those various areas and then clicking into, like, okay, what is it really, what do they really do? Is it, is it a DAO, but is it, it's really just like an LLC and like, it's called a DAO and there's like limited governance and input and which may be fine. Um, there's not absolutely no judgment because that's fine too. Or is it like truly like a decentralized, like, like um, City DAO is a good example of like a 100% kind of decentralized real estate DAO. they bought land in wyoming and they're gonna i think build a city and it's all completely governed through a dow oh, um, and there's some awesome success there's been some really cool wins there and i think there's some also challenges of like okay when you get a bunch of people together it's like okay like what do we build where do we build it like yeah. how much should it cost like right. so like there's you know, like
0: there's... the financial decisions that need to be made
1: yep yeah and then like design decisions and like efficiency and like you know you some things like everything also can't be a democracy there's just some things that like in, like in every little step again like a silly example but like you can't like decide on like everyone's not going to vote on like what kind of toilet paper to buy every time <laughs> exactly. you need to buy toilet paper right like no one wants to yeah but like i don't know maybe once a year you get together and say like we wanted to buy things that are sustainable and things that like this is the budget like you kind mm-hmm. of like come together things Those, that
0: uplift the community yeah
1: yeah but i think like yeah, there's so much out there there's a lot of noise um i think this last like little little seismic uh, downturn may actually help because it kind of like quieted things down a lot it, it turned it down the noise
0: of, it quieted the,
1: the yeah um,
0: projects and the meaningful projects can now rise
1: to the top it, exactly so i think like we're gonna we're, it's just normal now we're kind of see like things yeah. that are really gonna come to the surface so it should be fun. It'll, it'll be fun to see the pride. And there's always like you, like you and I, we, every day, like I hear something new. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. I wonder if it'll work, but it sounds cool. Like, yeah. Uh, and then some things are actually and,
0: happening. And We're so. at the forefront. We're like, okay, well let's, let's be the leaders, the thought leaders to try this. Cause that that's how we explore. That's how we grow. That's how we challenge ourselves. Exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, well,
0: last question for you before we wrap. What is a personal motto that you live by or a quote that inspires you?
1: Oh, tough one. I'll, I'll use the one that, that we've, we've been using a quote for um, the week for for stay open. It's do good, feel good. Yes. like When you do good for others, like you just, I mean, if we think of like, when do we feel our best? It's usually when we've helped someone, right? Yeah. Like that's when we feel. So I've been saying that mantra all week. And I think it's something that I'll keep saying it, not just this week, because it's like, what couldn't we do to, to, to help someone? And, and sometimes it could be so little, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, starting a nonprofit down for under house people. It's just one of those little things we could do every day in our life, like, oh, yeah. just do something good. You know, it'll make yeah. you feel good. And you don't know what that could do to someone else's day. I mean, just like the little things in life really matter. And again, we live in a community, like, in a world and in just just understanding there's everyone someone may be having a bad day but like maybe the one little thing that you do for them that that smile that nice gesture may may like completely shift their mind and as as little as that all the way to like obviously like if we could really really do good help people in need if we can start like really making impactful change for people that are really really struggling with whatever their struggle may be that's something we should just remind ourselves every day because we live fast-paced lives things are changing we get stressed and like taking our breath like what can we do something what, what can we do that's good today that's going to help and that's going to make us feel good because like do you just so yeah that's my long way of
0: what a great motto i mean it's that those micro actions if you could do one small thing to completely make someone's day or change the course of their life like how rewarding is that
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So love it. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for sharing your personal journey all about Stay Dow. For those of you who are new to Dows or new to Stay Dow, follow Stay Dot. You want to give the UR wait.
1: Yeah. So um our our company website is stayopen.com. That's our booking site that's where you can see like stay open the brand we have uh staydow.io for for information on on the dow and we have all our discord information on there and then on twitter stay pass nft is our twitter handle where we generally most of our dialogue is around web3 stuff so that's stay pass nft on on twitter and the last one is stay open hotels on instagram so we've got a lot of fun oh, wow, okay. fun stuff on instagram a lot of
0: web presence you know,
1: yeah, pretty pretty big community on Instagram for only ten pods, but it goes to show how many people love what we're doing and want more. Stay yes. open, open. So um, yeah, they're yeah, behind the A lot of fun place. Yeah.
0: And do you want to announce what's coming next in Santa Monica?
1: Yeah, so we're we're really excited. We're 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 working diligently on an eighty pod location on Third Street Promenade in about ten thousand square feet the city's made it easy for, for people to change office and retail space into hotels and apartments. So we're taking advantage. We're one of the first, if not the first group to do that. That's incredible. It's in a market that's expensive and, and inaccessible to a lot of people. And we want to make it very accessible and kind of create a bigger version of what we did in Venice Beach on Santa Monica. It's only about you know a mile away from, from where we are. So a lot of synergies there, but um, yeah, we're working with the landlord and the design and the city trying to no one's really done this yet so it's like we're figuring it all out Um,
0: okay well best of luck and we'll be following your journey and i can't wait to check out the new space
1: yeah lisa thank you so much for having me on and always a pleasure to chat and can't wait to Such see you in time. real life in our space and we're and, yes. um, at various events. Um, we always bump into each other, but thank you so much. This was lovely and really yeah. nice.
0: That was super fun. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for joining us this week on season one of the Dow Factor. Follow the Dow Factor on Twitter and YouTube to watch videos of our podcast, where we'll be dropping a new video every week featuring key leaders of DAOs, community builders, and leaders in Web3.